Good Adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Bonzek, and welcome to episode 50 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with the indie authors that you should be reading. It is Thursday, December 12th, 2019, and if you are celebrating a holiday from wherever you are in the world, I hope you have a lovely one. There are so many in all of the countries around the world. I think um, we're up to 22 countries now that uh, listen to this show each week, and that's very exciting. And I was online trying to figure out what holidays were happening this month, and there are so many that it was just it would take me too long to talk about each and every one of them. So if you are celebrating a, a holiday this month or next month, there's a couple that are next month too, then I hope you have a lovely time. And here in the United States, we will be celebrating uh, Christmas, and I guess in some other countries too. So uh, today I am going to pull from two shows last year where we talked about Christmas books. And the first one is, oh geez, I don't remember which episodes they were. I didn't write it down, but I'll put it in the show notes. Um, so uh, the first one is from, uh, I chatted with Laura Bolden Fournier, and I know I said that wrong, so sorry, Laura. And she wrote a children's book, which is absolutely delightful. It is called An Orangutan's Night Before Christmas. And it is based on the poem, The Night Before Christmas, but it's with an orangutan and at the zoo. And it has a little cute little twist ending. And it is absolutely adorable. I was just at a uh, Christmas fair with her this last week. And the parents were just buying her book like crazy for their kids because it is so adorable and you still have time if you want to order her book and um, get it for Christmas. I will have a link in the show notes. So I will have an excerpt from that show first. And then after that, I will be uh, having an excerpt from a show with Carrie Pack. And we talked horror. This is a horror story with children, but they're bad children or they become bad because of the lights. So you want to, uh, if you've got children listening, when Laura's done, don't keep listening with the kids. Listen by yourself. So um, I'm going to get right to it, and I will see you after. Good adventures, everybody. Welcome to episode 13 of Books Cubed. You are in for a treat today, a Christmas treat. I have children's book author Laura Bolden Fournier. I hope I said that right. And we're going to talk about her book which I can't remember the title. Y'all know how bad I am with titles. An Orangutan's Night Before Christmas. I don't know why I didn't remember that. And it's backwards in my, in my viewing, but I should be correct for you guys. So um, welcome, Laura. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for doing this interview. Oh, no problem. I thoroughly enjoyed the book. I went yesterday and she spoke at the library and she read for a big group of kids and they had a great time, and so did I. And I really like the book. She's going to read a couple pages. I don't want to spoil the ending because it's got a little twist ending. So um, I'm going to go ahead and let you go ahead and start. Okay. I ready. Twas the night before Christmas, and inside the zoo, the keeper had something important to do. He carried the stockings to cages and hung them with care. Santa's new helper was coming, and soon he'd be there. The now the I, I just read a little because, and I could tell you that the <laughs> Santa's helper is very unusual. 
Uh, do you, would you like me to go into that, Melissa? Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Santa's helper in this book is an orangutan. And the reason I chose an orangutan is because, well, first of all, the reason I chose an animal to help Santa is because I think animals are wonderful and I think they deserve gifts. And I decided that Santa should have an animal helper to deliver some gifts to them. So I chose an orangutan because they're strong and they can carry a big sack of toys and they're also very smart animals. And he's adorable, he's adorable. Now you wrote the story, but someone else did the artwork? That's correct. Okay, and, and the character, I call him Oranga Claus. And thanks to the illustrator, Stan Jaskiel, who's really amazing, we know exactly what Oranga Claus and his team of flying zebras look like. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, you want to do animals and they get gifts at the zoo, but I mean, what, I mean, it's not something I would have thought of for Christmas is an orangutan bringing gifts to the other animals of the zoo. So where did this come from? Okay. I, this came from a friend of mine. It came from a friend named Jim, and he was talking with me one day about his dogs and how he loved them. And he, and he would wrap up gifts for them on holidays, and including Christmas. And I thought, oh, that's such a cute idea. I don't know why I didn't think of that when I had dogs. But I thought it would really be a nice story to have a, story, uh, a book in which animals were given gifts and Christmas seemed like the logical time to give gifts to all animals. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and the illustrations are beautiful. It's a fun story. It's not a super long read, but it's for young children. Yes, and, it is. Mm -hmm. and even older I would say seven and under. Yeah, even older brothers and sisters could read the book because I can, if I'd given this book to my kids, my daughter's three years older, I know she would have been reading it to her brother, you know, as, as soon as she could. It would have been, she would have loved this book as a kid. You have time to order this for your little wee ones for Christmas. So I highly recommend it. Go hit, is it on anything but Amazon or just Amazon? No, you, you, you could order it from Pelican uh, Publishing Company, the company that published it. Uh, Am Amazon, though, many people have the two-day shipping, which would be better for Christmas, I think. Yeah, yeah. Go. I will put links in the show notes. So go take a look. Get yourself a copy of this. It's got a very cute twist ending. I had to read the book to my husband this morning. And yes, I paused and showed him the pictures every time before I turned to a new page. And he very uh, politely put up with me doing that. Oh, I hope he was a good listener. <laughs> he was. He was a good listener. He laughed. He liked the ending. So oh, cool. I, I don't want to give it away, but I, but I highly recommend that you grab this. And after we're done, this goes in the mail tomorrow to my great niece, Emma. So um, she, I think she will enjoy it very much. She's not too far away. She's just a couple cities away, but too far for me to drive there, but close enough I can mail it and it'll get there in just a couple of days. So um, I, uh, I thank you for coming on today, Laura. Oh, thank and, you um, so much, Melissa. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. It's my I had pleasure. Yeah, it, it, was a fun, it was fun reading the book and, and getting to know you a little more. And go check the show notes, everybody. Get a copy. And um, I will be back in just a second. So thank you so much. Oh, thank uh, you. Happy holidays. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Today, Carrie is talking about her horror Christmas story, which was fantastic. 
And uh, I'm going to, yes, the lights. I'm going to have her read an excerpt, and then we're going to talk about it. So welcome, Carrie. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, I'm going to actually read from chapter two, because this is when it starts to get a little creepy. So I thought I'd go with this scene. <clears throat> we still had another week of school left before break, but something was making me unsettled, and I couldn't put my finger on it. Chelsea and I had big plans, sitting on the couch in our PJs, eating junk food and watching 90s teen movies and cheesy Christmas rom-coms. So I should have been excited. Two whole weeks without homework or teachers or tests and absolutely no burpees or running laps. But I couldn't shake this eerie feeling that something was horrifically wrong. It didn't help that Roger was still being a pain in the ass. He'd been acting weird since the processional. I'd find him standing in his bedroom door, staring off into the distance or sitting in front of a blank TV screen for hours at a time. On Wednesday, he was sitting on my bed in the dark when I came home from practice. Holy shit, Roger, I screamed as I turned on the lights. I clutched my hand to my chest. You scared the crap out of me. My heart beat faster than it had on the track that afternoon. What are you doing in here? Roger stared at me, but didn't speak. Roger? He blinked, but said nothing. I inched closer, gently laying my gym bag on the floor at my feet. Are you okay? Are, are you sick? Still, nothing. I took a couple steps toward him. Want me to get mom? It's time, he said. His eyes were glassy and dark. My room suddenly felt cold and unfamiliar. Shakily, I pointed toward the door. Get out of my room. Roger didn't move. Panic pinched tightly in my middle. Get out, I yelled through clenched teeth. Roger slowly rose and walked toward me. I stepped to the side and held my breath. He walked silently into the hallway. I exhaled. Roger paused and glanced back at me. It's time, he muttered, almost as if he were speaking to himself. I slammed the door and tried to calm my racing heart. I didn't come out of my room again that night. On Friday, Roger came home from school with a brutal headache. I overheard mom on the phone saying he was the 15th kid in his school to come down with one in the last two days, the fourth just in his class. First, it was Dominic Walker, then Danny Evans and Charity Robido. now Roger. It's probably just something going around, she said. But I thought you'd like to know since he and Braden were at practice together the other day. Braden Watson was a kid on Roger's basketball team that was homeschooled. His mom was a germaphobe, constantly sanitizing everything. She demanded that the parents call her whenever any of the kids on the team were sick. Yeah, I will. Thanks. You too. Bye. She hung up and grabbed a bottle of Tylenol, then immediately put Roger to bed, just like the school nurse had suggested. Then she called Dr. Rodriguez and made an appointment for the next day. After she hung up the second time, I asked, what's wrong with him? Oh, it's probably just the flu. Nothing to worry about, sweetie. She kissed me on the forehead. Just wash your hands a lot and try to keep your distance for a few days, okay? Yeah, no problem. Keeping my distance was the easy part. I already had been, thanks to Roger's near catatonic state. Maybe he really was sick. That certainly would explain all his weird behavior. That afternoon, though, Roger seemed restless. He came downstairs at least half a dozen times. Are you thirsty, honey? Mom gave him some juice and sent him back upstairs. Then 20 minutes later, how about a popsicle? Mom plopped a grape one between his tiny fingers and sent him on his way. By the third time, her patience was wearing thin. Back to bed, mister. You need rest. And she shuttled him back to his room. The next time he appeared, Mom felt his forehead. No fever, she furrowed her brow. How's your headache? But he didn't answer, so she shooed him back upstairs. The last time he appeared, she simply said, go back to bed, Raj. It was quiet while we ate dinner. Mom checked on Roger, then she and Dad went upstairs to watch TV. The volume was so loud I could hear it in my room, so I stayed downstairs to do my homework. Around 7.30, while trudging through my pre-calculus problems, I heard the first scream. 
I chalked it up to dumb kids in the neighborhood. It had snowed the night before, and snowball fights weren't uncommon this time of year. About 20 minutes later, I heard another scream. This time it was louder, more terrified. It was coming from next door. But the Van Adders had no kids. Fucking assholes, I muttered. How could they bother Jim and Beverly? They were literally the nicest people in the neighborhood. I went to the patio door and flipped on the lights. Our backyard was awash in brightness, but I couldn't see much beyond the swing set Dad had built for me when I was Roger's age. I pressed myself up against the glass and squinted to try to see into the Van Adder's backyard. It was pitch black. That was odd. Usually they left their lights on until they went to bed around 11. As I watched, the screaming continued, but I was too paralyzed with fear to investigate. I pulled out my phone and began to dial 911, but I didn't hit send. I held my breath with my thumb over the button, waiting for a sign that told me it was okay to panic. And that's when I saw her. A little girl with two perfect dark braids framing her face stood as still as a statue in front of the swing set. I exhaled a shaky breath and waited for her to do something. As I studied the girl, I noticed her fuchsia dress and pale face were flecked with what looked like paint. Her gaze was fixed on the Van Adder's house, but she still hadn't moved. Her bare feet were covered in mud up to her ankles. She had to be freezing. I reached for the door to open it. Perhaps she had been the one screaming. And then I saw it. In her right hand, she gripped a large kitchen knife that wasn't paint on her dress. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> ah, that's great. So um, I gotta say, am I, I gotta ask, I guess, am I totally sick that I absolutely loved the first murder scene when, when they discover it and one of the bodies, the way it's found, I, I don't want to save it because I don't want to, I don't want to, um, I think it's the only one found indoors in that first murder, murder scene. Mm -hmm. okay. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, the way it's found. I just absolutely loved it. And my husband and I were at breakfast and we were at Denny's and <laughs> stuff. And I started to read it out loud to him and I stopped myself because there were all these people around us. And I thought, and everybody was eating food and, and my husband was eating and I knew he would be mad at me. So I didn't, but, um, but I absolutely, absolutely loved that, that murder scene. So, um, how, how did you come up with that, that Christmas lights are, 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 the lights get turned on and the, and the murders begin. What's, what's the line? I absolutely loved it. And then the uh, murders began. Yeah. It says at first they were beautiful. Then the killings began. That's great. Anything that has, then the killings began is something yeah. that I want to read. Definitely. So <laughs> where did this come from? Well, two things. One, um, uh, the town I live in, in St. Augustine, Florida, uh, has a, uh, what they call Nights of Lights, which is just like the festival of lights that I've included in the book. And um, it's where they basically cover the entire historic district uh, in white Christmas lights. It's actually really beautiful. Um, but one of the things the last few years, and this hasn't happened for ours yet, they're still using the yellow um, white, the yellow white lights, not the blue, like um, the blue white LED lights. But I don't like LED lights. They look they hurt my eyes, especially the blue ones, like the real blue ones, like the cobalt blue. And so it kind of was like a mashup of that. Like, what if those Christmas lights were like possessing you? And that's why they hurt my eyes. I don't know. I, I have a sick, sick mind. I watch a lot of true crime and um, I am obs I'm obsessed with anything murdery or serial killery. So I just, I think it probably came from that more than anything else because the, the Knights of Lights here is 
lovely. It's absolutely lovely. And uh, I, there are no murdery children. So I don't want to, I don't want like St. Augustine's like tourism board or something coming after me and being like, she said there were murdery kids. No, no murdery kids that I know of. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's funny because I was in St. Augustine for the lights being turned on. I went up to visit Carrie um, and, and my editor lives in, in St. Augustine. So thankfully I had not read this book before <laughs> I was, cause I was in the festival, in the, the square packed with people. There's the Christmas tree way up ahead. And I was standing on tippy toes trying to see it just like the girl in the book is trying to see it. Yep. And, and then the lights were all turned on and we we're all taking video of it. And there's all these little kids around. So if I had read this first, I think I would have been really creeped out. And yeah, it's, it's very small, small town, Mayberry feel to St. Augustine. And it's right in the, the college is right there. And it's, um, if wow. you ever can, can go to St. Augustine, I highly recommend it. It's, um, oh, I'll put some, some links in the show notes to the town. So you can, you can, there might, are there any, um, when I lived in Key West, we had, um, uh, dedicated, uh, video streams where you could click on them and then watch like my brother-in-law watching when I eat breakfast one day at Schooner Wharf. I don't know if they have that, but uh, one of the local TV stations, uh, which I think is channel four out of Jacksonville has a camera on one of the towers on the college, which is one of the tallest buildings in town. And I should be able, you should be able to see them from that. So wow. channel four. Jackson. I'll see if I can find it, and I'll put it in the show notes yeah. if I can. And if you don't see it, it means I forgot to put it in, or I couldn't find it. So do you know? Do you want to know the real creepy thing, though? So you know, I wrote in there. Our our town does not have a candlelight processional leading up to this. You were you were at the the flipping of the switch. It literally is just everyone gathers, they turn on the lights, and that's it. Um, but and well, I mean, the mayor gives a little speech or whatever, whoever it is, and um, that's it. But in my in the book, I write in that they do this candlelight processional, singing Christmas carols to the square, and then they flip the switch. This year, now not, not the night of the, the lights coming on, but like, I think it was this weekend or something, or maybe it might be later this week, they're doing a candlelight carol singing processional. And I was like, no! You need to be in the square with a little table selling your books. <laughs> I know, I know. Be like, here, if this bothers you, it's nice and creepy. Um, yeah, I... Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, hey, I don't know that anyone would be into it. It's kind of a, it's kind of a tough sell. You know, people are like all about the Hallmark movies. So what I've been telling people is like, it's a nice palate cleanser for in between Hallmark movies. You know, it's a short little read. It's a quick read. It's an inexpensive read. But, yeah, it is great. Um, and and I think it took me just a couple of days. I I tend to, I read. I've really gotten into reading on my Kindle. So I have my phone. I'm walking into walls because I'm just. You know, everybody else is on Facebook, whatever, but I'm on my Kindle reading. Right, right. Um, so uh, I, I think I read it in like maybe two days, maybe, no. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a very fast read and, and I didn't want to put it down. It, it was fun and I wanted to see, wanted to know what was going to happen. I was really so worried about so many of the different characters and I kept emailing Carrie, oh my God, I'm worried about so-and-so. Oh my God, I'm worried about so-and-so. I, I tried to balance it out because I, I don't um it's it's technically young adults so I didn't want to make it too too grim um although you know there is a whole there is a whole YA horror genre so um but I I definitely um kind of keep it uh there's a couple spots where you're not really quite sure uh who's who's going out or not and uh you know and the ending, twist. the ending was just the ending was really good 
Thank you. Know, I've, you know, yeah. it's a little, it's a little, it leaves kind of some things open-ended. I don't really answer a lot of questions. If you're looking for answers as to why this town is creepy, you're probably not going to get full answers. Um, but I answer enough to kind of make the, the wheels in your mind turn a little bit and wonder. Yeah, and, and, and maybe you know, open a little bit for later stuff. Yeah, and it's better not to have everything answered. Yeah, because how is a 16-year-old going to figure that out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and as a reader, I like some things left in the air so that when I put the book down, I'm still thinking about the book and thinking, what about this and what about that? And, and we can go back to this and we can revisit that. And, and, you know, there's so many things still going. And if everything is answered, I tend to not think about the book again. You know, my most favorite right. books are the ones that leave things hanging. Not major things, but yeah. just enough things. So you, you admit, you know, you have left some things hanging. Do you think you'll revisit this theme? I, you know, I, I'll never say never. I think kind of, I follow where the inspiration leads me always. And um, if I got inspired to tackle it again, you know, obviously the, the you, you know, since you read it, the reasoning I give for why the, this is happening does leave it open to, me being able to come back and revisit it so yes yes I get um, chills yeah I like I like that yeah and I didn't you know again I, I didn't want it to you know enough is answered that I think you know the reader and the kids in the novel are going to know what uh why not why it's happening but what is happening and why it's happening the way it is and and so I think that's enough and 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 again it's open-ended enough that uh it could it could come back yeah, it could, it could. So what are your, so you're done with this and you have, have you finished the In the Present Tense series? I have, um, it's just the duology. Uh, originally I had had an idea to have it as one novel and it was just too long for my publisher. So that's why it ended up as two. Um, but uh, yeah, that one's pretty much wrapped up. I might revisit for some shorts that I would do as like um, probably freebies for my newsletter people or something, but yeah. Um, but the the main story is wrapped up. Okay, well, you have a really nice Christmas. You too. Say hi to your mom. I have to have her mom on the show. She is sweet romance, right? That's right, sweet historical, yeah. Yeah, so, oh, I like historical, so I'll have to pick out one of her books. Why don't you text me and tell me which is your favorite, and I'll read that one. Okay, I will. Yeah, that sounds good. And um, uh, I will see you soon, I'm sure. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, I hope you enjoyed those. And go ahead and grab both those books for Christmas. One you can put under the tree for your kid and the other you can read for yourself. And uh, let's see, next week I have got Kayla Don Thomas and we are chatting about uh, romance and um, all kinds of things. It was a really fun interview. You will really enjoy that show. We talk a little bit about the um, session we did a couple weeks back where we did um, writing prompts from a uh, new series of books that my co-author Lisa Mahoney and I wrote. If you uh, have not seen anything about these yet, you'll want to go uh, look at uh, the show. I think it was two weeks ago. I'll have a link in the show notes. What you do with these books, if you are a writer or like to do any writing, you don't have to be um, a full-time author or anything to enjoy these. It is a journal if you buy the paperback version and you roll dice and you come up with uh, prompts and um there's uh, over 6,000 combinations. So, uh, and you have pages where you can write in the journal and you just write down at the top what you rolled and then you write a short story or 
a whole story and start it in the journal and then finish it someplace else later. I um I did one a couple of weeks ago and I should read um maybe I will. Maybe I will on the day after Christmas. We'll see in a couple of weeks. Um that is it. Like I said, uh come back next week for Kayla Dawn's show. She was really interesting. It was fun to actually get to chat with her some. I didn't get to talk to her too much when we did the writing prompts a couple of weeks ago. And then um, the show uh, in three weeks, I will be uh, doing a um, show about uh, Star Wars land, which I'm not too far away from. And we went up for the rise of the resistant ride, resistance ride. And we did that actually this morning. We got up at 5 a.m. and we drove up there. It's about an hour and a half drive. We drove up there and we did rise of the resistance and um, and then came right back home so I could be here uh, to chat with Kayla. So um, come back, like I said, that's in three weeks and I'll have all sorts of photos and we're probably gonna go at least one more time. So I have, I'll have lots of interesting things to say about that. So um, that's about it. If you have any comments on today's show or any of the shows, you can click in the link in the notes down below there. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you pull your car over or um, don't walk into traffic if you're walking your dog. And uh, you will see the link is right there at the top for the podcast. And if you're on YouTube, you know what to do. And uh, if you feel the urge, give us some stars, some star love. Um, our podcast doesn't have much and we would really appreciate it. I get lots of nice notes from people in email. <laughs> Leave it in the comments so I can um, share it with people. Okay, that's it. I'm going to go. Um, I'm absolutely exhausted. I'm going to go take a nap. So um, I will see you next week and go read a good book. Mm -hmm.